Olympic Channel podcast. What if you had to leave home right now and never go back? Who would you miss? What would be so bad that you had to leave? And what if the best option was to leave home in hope that it might be to find somewhere better? A refugee doesn't have a home, they're displaced. And there are millions of people, a record 68.5 million, who have been forced from their home. But what turns a refugee into a refugee changes from person to person. Today, we've got two people who refuse to be defined by the word refugee. Hello, my name is Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Each week we find for you the very best Olympians and we ask them to go in deep about the biggest Olympic talking points. We want you to think just like an Olympian. Olympic Channel Podcast. It's World Refugee Day and an average of one person every two seconds in 2017 was displaced. We want to celebrate the achievements of stateless people around the globe. Swimmer Yusra Mardini is 20 years old. Her life is so unbelievable, it's being turned into a Hollywood film. And she wants you to reassess your beliefs about refugees. I'm not a person who's gonna post negativity only. Plus, Gatkuth Gyok Tiep is a runner, but he spent most of his life running for safety. I never knew there is something called peace. Olympic Channel Podcast. There's little doubt that Syrian swimmer Yusra Mardini became the face of the refugee team at Rio 2016. But at first she wanted nothing to do with the Olympics, believing she was just receiving a place through pity. She fled Syria along with her sister and flung herself into the Aegean Sea. For 10 kilometers, they stayed in the water swimming, steadying a boat full of other people looking to escape the desperate situation in their country many people making that same crossing died. The people who didn't in that boat owe their lives to Yusra and her sister. After travelling from Greece to Germany, she started training. At Rio, she won her heat, 100-metre butterfly, and went on to meet the Pope and former US President Barack Obama. Hers is a story so blockbuster that the director of Billy Elliot is developing a film about the 20-year-old. Despite all these great achievements, she still looks at the sea in a different way than before her journey. I spoke to her in London and I started off by asking her why her attitudes to the sea had changed after what she calls the trip. Olympic Channel Podcast. I've been back in the sea, but only on shore. I, until now, I didn't go like really deep with a boat or something. Uh, Last summer we wanted to go from Miami to the Bahamas with a boat, but I didn't because, yeah, I was afraid of the trip. When I think about the sea, I think how deep the sea is, first of all. Second of all, that there is stories and suffering and people were drowning there that we never knew about. So I find it really mysterious, everything that happened in the sea, and I find it I just remember the people we lost in the sea, so I find it really sad. So let's talk a little bit about being a refugee. You yeah. kind of break the mould. I love your Instagram feed, and we all do it in the office, actually, to be honest. <laughs> but it's not, you know, your Instagram feed does not say refugee. How important do you think it is to have people breaking the mould about refugees? 
Yeah, so the thing is that I'm not a person who gonna, you know, post the whole time about refugees and about what's happening, about negativity only. No, um, I am doing a lot of work with UNHCR and I've been um, in Italy actually three weeks ago and I heard really hard stories. I am a refugee but I'm also a swimmer and I am one of the persons who are positive about being refugee. So, uh, yeah, maybe I don't show a lot of pictures about people who are suffering and so on because I don't want to, because I want to get more positive in the world. And um, those pictures, you see them every day on the news. So I don't want to make my Instagram also all about it, but they are still in my heart and I am seeing them and I'm talking to them and I'm going to them and hearing their stories. So I think this is better than posting on Instagram, right? With Syria, it's a complex situ situation and I'm sure it's a complex personal situation for you. How hopeful that uh, there can be a peace there in Syria? Well, I hope the war will be done oh, tomorrow, but uh, the problem is that it's not and we, no one knows when or why the war will, will end, but we just want it to end. We just want our peaceful country back. Have you still got family and friends, I guess, yes. in Syria? Yes, a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I used to work with a guy from Syria, and it was just heartbreaking sometimes when you, you know, the, sometimes for me, it's like it's just a place on a map, and then when you had a guy... It's, you know, how important is it for you to make sure that these, this is a, a human story and a human tragedy every day? It's super important because, as you said, for a lot of people, it is just a country on a map. And um, it is, for us, really heartbreaking because, you know, every day I hear about bombing and then I call my friends and my family, are you okay? And then um, what I want to tell the people is that you should put yourself in our place, you know. Um, I, I don't hope that any country in the world will be in a war zone. But you have to understand also the people and what's happening. As example, for the, as a refugee, not a lot of people understand why we left our country. They think we are just want a better life. We want more money or, or you know, a villa or something. But that's not true. We flee violence. We just want a chance for our children or a chance for us not to be in a war every day and to have a better future because of the generation coming after us i mean yeah i mean it's it's really it's, it's hard to know what to to suggest isn't it it's like if you don't if you need to speak about the things that are sad but also it's like if you if people are just normal there they have fun they play you know like children play games there every day you know it's not it's not this, it's a tragedy, obviously, but people are just having normal lives there, I yeah, guess, exactly, too, right? Yeah, which exactly, which is the sad thing that I, for example, for me, I, I got to a point where I, I told my mom, look, if I'm going to die in my outside, I'm going to die also in my home. So I'm not going sit to sit home, I'm going out with my friends. So imagine till where it became normal. We put on the podcast a couple of weeks ago when you were speaking just before the Rio games and you were talking about how there were bomb holes, like literally in the ceiling where yeah. you used to train in the, in the swimming pool. For, for me, I always feel really safe in the water. It's, it's kind of like quiet. 
I'm on my own. Yeah. Did you ever feel like that? Did you feel like safer when you were swimming? Yes, I did. Um, it 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 was because I mean I'm not alone in the water. I have my team all the time, which is also nice. Um, swimming is one of the thing that you know makes makes my life better, because when I go to the water, I don't think about who I'm gonna be, who I am, uh, what do I have to do. I think about swimming and the gold medal. That's all, you know. <laughs> so, so it's really simple about swimming, and yeah. So I, 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 I wish the world was like that, but yeah, it's not. So you're thinking about the gold medal. That's exciting. Obviously, that... every day. <laughs> For Tokyo 2020, is that like the big ambition then? Yes. Get that gold medal. It is. I'm super impressed because I think the when you uh, I watched loads of interviews and read loads of interviews around Rio and like past, over the past couple of weeks and stuff, and I always loved your kind of like no excuses attitude. It's like don't be a crybaby, like just go and go and do it, go and attack it. And I just loved that. I just thought it was so awesome. Thank you. I, but uh, as I've got older, I've turned into a real softy. <laughs> and the, the, the older I get, the easier it is to, you know, tear up and all sorts like that. That exactly and... the opposite by me. Oh, really? You've toughened up. You're, I have no on. idea why, but I think because of the trip. Yeah. 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 I think I, I, I think at one point of my life, I saw a lot that the small stuff is a little bit too small for me, but which is not good, but they're going to come back. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you mean by the small stuff like the you, you've just like got the super, normal, all the very ambitious I don't know, the normal fights in life you know between I don't know a girlfriend and a boyfriend <laughs> yeah so yeah sometimes I think what happened with me is too much that yeah small stuff is not that effective so you just don't you don't sweat the small stuff you're not bothered by it or you kind of I just take it Slowly, maybe I'll cry once, but that's it. You know, when I was young, when I was younger, I would cry one week, but now I'm like, okay, that's over, accept it, move on. Well, I guess again, that's some. Like, it's awful, obviously, the the yeah. trip and and everything. But I guess if it's made you such a strong, independent woman, like you clearly are, then uh, <laughs> thank you. Right? It's got to be a good thing. Yeah, that's true. What do you think the sort of, why is it important to have, you know, like female role models in uh, the Middle East? You know, yeah. how, how important is it to be to be an example to, to young girls growing up in those areas? It is really important because there the women, like here, here maybe, maybe the, the woman is fighting a lot, but there it is 100% the woman is fighting because they don't have the rights the women have here and they the men they don't believe in us they think that they're better than us which is completely wrong which is because like the woman is raising your children she is washing everything she's doing everything home and then in the end comes he comes home just throw his clothes and then well I'm tired because I worked I was sitting in the office well dude she worked a lot much more than you so I appreciate that this is this is one of the small stuff in life. Imagine so. Um, I think women is doing a lot, and just raising the children is something incredible. I don't think any man can do the same like the woman is doing. So um, I think they they just should appreciate, and if the women have a dream, they should 
make her believe in herself more, not fight her because you have a dream. <sighs> yeah. So finally, I just want to ask you about the. I don't know whether you saw in Pyeongchang there was the Korea Unified Team, the yes. Unified Hockey Team. How much do you believe in the power of a sport to kind of promote peace? At the Olympics, uh, when we were in Rio, uh, obviously there was there there should be no bombing around the world, no matter where. There should be peace. And when we were there, when I was there also in Rio. No one asked me, where are you from? What is your story? Why are you here? You know, I am here as, as an athlete. What is your game? What, what, what is the sport you're doing? Okay, uh, when are you competing and all of that? You know, we just talk normal stuff. I don't stand next to, I don't know, American or Russian or whoever, or from Japan and ask him, where are you from? No, I don't, you know? and. It's normal, and I don't ask him about the war, and they don't ask me about the war. It's just, we just have fun. You go with other teams without knowing where are they from. So it is really incredible. I find it really nice. And all of us, the, all the conflict happening in the world, in the end, standing on one stage. So imagine how peaceful this is. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast. Thanks to Yusra Mardini, John Bretherton, who recorded the sound, Deborah Gufron, who did some producing magic, and Yusra's people, of course, who helped sort it all out. Yusra's positivity is infectious, but when Gatkuth Piotr smiled, it was astounding. His life was saved by running after his family were torn apart by war in South Sudan. The 27-year-old turned down the chance to go to the Olympic Games due to a simple act of kindness but he still wants to make his Olympic ambition come true at Tokyo 2020. Now, the following story may upset some people in parts, but I promise, by the end, you'll feel inspired. Evelyn Water is the reporter. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast. There's a family photo, and he looks normal. The kids have bright clothes, and some of them aren't looking the right way. But the war has left a scar in this photo. The grandparents are missing. It's because grandma and grandpa are dead. And there's another man missing from the photo. A brother, a 27-year-old. And his name is Gatkwoth Pork Thiep. I never knew there is something called peace. I never knew that People are not fighting in some other country. One day, his family was sharing a meal. The next day, people fled the village because of the fighting that Quoth was left alone. He was homeless, hungry, and had no one. He found a neighbor from his town out in the bush, and together, they traveled on a grass raft down the river Nile for months. He didn't know whether he was going to leave or die. But he already knew that his father was dead. My dad used to love me so much. Uh, he used to see, like, I'm a good boy. But there was no time for that. That court's main problem was that he had been captured. Eventually, after a month and a half locked up, living on just a cup of tea a day 
a ransom was paid and he was free to make his way to Nairobi in Kenya. He started to rebuild his life and met Kenyan runner Tekla Lorupe, who has set up a camp for talented refugee runners to train near Nairobi. Missing papers meant he couldn't register as a refugee. It was time to go home. So he left to find his mother and sister in South Sudan. Once he'd arrived back, he learned quickly that home still wasn't safe. His return was seen as a threat. And one night, there was a loud bang. The attack was meant to kill him. Instead, it killed his mother. In the morning, the ambush came. They bombed the room where my mom was, and they ran away. So when the room was burning, I saw my mom cut into, I think, three the legs, the chest, together with the head. That is how my mom was. His 15-year-old sister was also in his heart. She didn't survive. In the space of two years, he had lost his father, mother, and sister. A distant uncle had to sell a cow, and two weeks later, he was back in Nairobi fending for himself. Fortunately, Tekla Lorupe was waiting, and he started running and training intensely. It made me feel good. It made me uh, forget what I've gone through. Uh, I believe in myself, as I also feel of other people. That could spend the first part of his life running away. Now, he's a runner. It's hard to believe that he didn't actually know that running was a thing. He simply saw it on TV and showed some natural talent. The chance came up to go to the Olympic Games to represent the refugee team at Rio 2016, but he turned the opportunity down. He just thought that other people were more deserving. Now, he spends his days training and hopes to make it to Tokyo 2020. The family have never really reunited. One sister and brother are in Sudan. A brother is in Uganda. One sister, they don't even know where she is. Hopefully, she's safe. They don't even know. The only thing they think it is just a war in South Sudan. That quote, though, has a message of hope. The world has to know that refugee can do anything. And even themselves, the refugee must know that they can do anything. Whether you are in the camp, people have to know that your life can change. The word refugee, it is only the name. But the conflict in South Sudan continues. The war in Syria does too. All this could happen again. Thanks to Evelyn Water, the reporter there. Teglo Lurupe, who was the chef de mission of the refugee Olympic team at Rio, plus Tom Maruko, the cameraman, and also thanks to Garth Cuth. Olympic Channel Podcast. We've made a video of that interview too, and it's well worth checking out. There's a bit extra in the video. Go to olympicchannel.com to check it out. 
So if you've been listening to the last few podcasts, you'll already know that there's an absolutely amazing documentary that's just come out on Olympic Channel, and it's called We Are One. It's about the unified Korea hockey team, and it's about how Korea as a country came together during Pyeongchang 2018 because of the hockey team. One of the people who we spoke to in the documentary was former UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon. And in that interview, we also spoke to him about the shocking number of displaced people at the moment. Now, that soundbite didn't make the documentary, but we have it here now. So here's what he had to say. Of course, it's a pity. It is a shame that the international community have not been able to address and support refugees. We have at this moment 65 million refugees around the world. This is the largest number of refugees since the end of Second World War. Only during the time of Second World War, there were then many refugees. So to see the whole documentary, head over to olympicchannel.com right now and have a look. So before we go, a couple of recommendations for this week's podcast. Why don't you give Sports Spiel a try? Last week, they had Beth Dobbin. She's a runner and she's just broke the 200 metre Scottish record, but she speaks really eloquently about her epilepsy. She had a massive seizure when she was a teenager. She also talks about missing the Commonwealth Games by one hundredth of a second and also managing two jobs alongside her training. For a book, it has to be Yusra Mardini's Butterfly, a really, really great read. Shout out to everyone who got in touch about our last episode about Luka Doncic. Go and check that out if you want the lowdown about one of Europe's hottest NBA draft prospects, well, ever, and whether he can lead Slovenia to Olympic Games glory in Tokyo 2020. Mark C got in touch via Instagram direct message saying he binged on all the Eurobasket stuff that we put in the article. Get in touch if you have absolutely anything to say. We are at Olympic Channel on all social platforms. That is it for now. Until next time. Think like an Olympian.